Welcome back, everyone, to the Flying Lion Podcast. I want to thank all of our listeners from last week's episode. You guys made our last pod the most listened slash watched uh, that we've ever had. So thanks again for listening, following us. I think we've been rolling out some good content for you guys, you know, whether on the podcast and uh, mainly on Twitter as well, keeping up with some of the crazy news in the offseason. Um, tonight, we got Sam and uh, OG Zach. Uh, he's back. He's alive. But uh, Zach, you feeling all right? Yeah, I'm feeling much better. I'm glad I could uh, finally recover from the flu that's been going around. So glad to be back and talking soccer. Yeah, I think it's it's great to have Zach back, obviously. Um, but yeah, he was down and out. Um, I I think he was right. I mean, everybody's kind of gotten that whiff uh, of the of the flu, right? This kind of change of season, especially after the groundhog was like, "Hey, spring's coming." So I think I think they may have something to do with it. You know, it's it in the air. I mean, I, it was my thirtieth. So I mean, as soon as you hit thirty, I guess things just go downhill, right? <laughs> Everything goes downhill from there, but uh, at least FC Cincinnati had some good this week, boys. You like that transition? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we had some awesome news. Uh, this podcast and this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Pavel Buka officially signing You know, with FC Cincinnati. We'll go a little bit more into Alvor Barial news. Um, we'll cover a little bit of the Philly preseason match that we had uh, with a nice win, if you want to call it a preseason win there. And then in the second part of the episode, um, we're going to chat a little bit about the week ahead. There's a lot of new stuff coming up, a little bit of interest possibly in some players down in Peru, uh, a U.S. Open Cup update, and then we're going to just give us our overall preseason impressions uh, so far. I think we're you know down to the last preseason game this coming week, um, so we'll give our thoughts on that. But at least first off, like I said, Pavel Buka finally signing with FC Cincinnati, again, a 25-year-old midfielder. Um, we're going to call him a number eight, but for FC Cincinnati this year, he's going to be wearing the number 20. Guys, previously worn by Jeff Cameron. I thought that was kind of interesting. He was the last one to wear the number 20, um, but he signed through 2026 with a club option for 2027. I'm really pumped about this guy. Uh, Sam, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, initial thoughts, um, you know, $1.6 million transfer fee. Um, like you had mentioned, I, I'm just happy to see that he signed through 2026. Um, hopefully decides to stay for that, you know, 2027 season. But yeah, I think to your point, all signs really point to him being a, a really great all-around player. I know you had texted us in, in the chat earlier this week of, you know, there were front office people that were meeting with, you know, other people within, you know, the Bailey um, to coordinate some things and the pr front office was telling those sources that they they're really going to like Buka. We are really going to like Buka a lot the way he plays. Um, there's also talk of him being able to take pressure off the ball for Lucho as well um, to kind of hold up with or help with the, the hold up play um, similar to obviously what Vasquez did for us last season to kind of be that guy to, to hold up play and then start out the attacking. Um, so anybody that can give that, you know, break to Lucho is an absolute godsend, right? Um, because Lucho, obviously on the ball, he's ridiculous, but he gets tired. And so if we can have Lucho for all 90 minutes instead of having to sub out, you know, around the 80th minute would be absolutely crucial. I mean, yeah, Sam, I think you're spot on with that whole assessment there at the end. Um, that was my first big, um, I guess, 
bright spot with him is, you know, Lucho, I mean, he's getting old guys, guys becoming an old goat. So, you know, he's, he's at the point where, you know, one small injury will knock him out. And I think Buka is, is that guy to fill in that role when he is out. I mean, I think just judging from the, the highlights that I've seen from Buka, I mean, He's he's all attack. It seems like I, there wasn't really many highlights of him defending, to be quite honest. But doesn't say doesn't mean he's not a defender. But um, I think he's going to have a lot of um, he's going to have a lot of assists this year, and I think he's going to show it um, just because. I mean, obviously Obi's going to hold his back, but you know, I, I think that dynamic in the midfield is going to be really really fun to watch with um, Buka there. Yeah, great point. Um, I, I think this is probably the most balanced we've had uh, in terms of, you know, with Obi and Lucho, um, you know, with this guy that can go both ways. And Zach, to your point, you know, I don't think there's many defensive highlights that a lot of teams show unless you're like a defensive player. Um, but yeah, Buka seems to be, you know, a high motor guy. And that's what we really need is a box to box guy. And if he can come in and really provide like Sam had mentioned too, um, you know, that's what we need. We need that connection between the midfield and the offense and where Mourinho dropped back a little bit more, but had decent passing towards the end of the year. It got a little bit spotty, especially in the playoffs. I was a little bit worried about some of the passes he was playing, but uh, you know, if all signs point to Buka being as intelligent as he is, then think about all the potential we have with him spraying balls out wide or, you know, through balls like we had seen two years ago, you know, for some of the guys running through. Um, I, I think it says a lot that he comes into the team and he's starting the last two games. You know, obviously a new player takes some time to adapt. Um, it tells me they have some confidence in him. One small note I wanted to make about the preseason game. Um, Carter Chapel, you know, shout out to Carter for this uh, live blog during the game. Basically said that Buka had this long range shot that just knocked this Philly guy over, just drilled him in the face. Um, so, you know, maybe he's got a powerful shot too from outside. Uh, that'll be something to watch too. I think we haven't really had a decent, you know, midfielder that can score from long out. Um, and you know, if he provides that, you know, maybe we don't have to find that perfect ball. I think that was our big thing last year that really kept us back from scoring goals is just, we try to get too pretty with it, but if Buka can actually, you know, score from long range, that would be huge. So Speaking on guys that can score from long range, um, Alvaro Barrial, guys, I mean, he's back. He's in the FCC camp. There was a little bit of a debate whether or not he was going to be back. Then we see this photo of him, you know, on the plane with his brother coming back to the States. Almost like simultaneously, you hear reports from, you know, Argentina as you go into Boca, you know, their transfer window was about to be closing. And it looked like for a second there, he might be tempted to go down there. It sounded like all you know, signs lead to him wanting to leave at this point, no matter who it is. But the timing for me was just a little weird with him on the flight to America, but then interest from Argentina where he was coming from. I think honestly, he just wants a good opportunity. He wants to move on. It's just, you know, obviously Europe is his top destination. If he goes to Brazil, he gets time there. He makes good money. You know, the club benefits from it. I'm fine with that. I just think from a personal standpoint of Barial, you know, being a podcast that supports the players and the club, you know, I just don't see him getting much time down in Argentina. There's all this uncertainty. Is he really going to make that next leap from there? Obviously that's not our worry, but just being a, a Barreal fan, that's what I'm thinking. And those were my thoughts. Yeah. I, I think to, to kind of go off of that, you know, 
once again, we had been texting back and forth of like, just looking at Twitter. I mean, the negativity that was really just all around Barrial. Uh, I, I want to sit, you know, I just want to apologize to him for that because, you know, it wasn't, it's no like ill will towards the club. I feel like that he has, um, but I, FC, FCC fans were a little disgruntled with him. Um, and to your point, the flying line podcast is a, a pro player, pro team platform. Right. Um, so he's currently he, a player for our team. You exactly. Know? Current player uh, until for he's not. Team, so we're, yeah. So we're going to support him, but yeah, I think we need to take it easy on Barrial. The guy deserved obviously a move to Europe, which is a higher level of play than the MLS um, in, in most cases. And we, we supported that. We were vocal about that. Um, it didn't happen, but we're, we're happy to have him back because he's the he's the best left wing back in the MLS. I'll say that again: best w- left wing back. We're not worthy. Really, in other words, <laughs> honestly, I mean, yeah, I, I think Barrial he he deserves all the attention he can get, and he's definitely been getting it. Um, whether the drama, I mean, is is warranted, you know, I mean talking about him is a big deal. And I think that's uh, hopefully going to play, play into his hands come, come summer. Um, I mean, if, if he's not gone this, this winter, I mean, I don't think he'll last until next winter, you know? So best uh, get some use out of him while we can. Yeah, that's exactly it is like, enjoy him while you can. And, you know, again, Sam, like to your point of like, I want what's best for the club. I would love to see what's best for Barial. I know that, you know, at some point freeing him up opens up so much gam and so many opportunities for us, but you know, can they find that replacement for the best wing back, you know, in the MLS that quick to fill that spot? That's where I think we're a little bit pressed. If Orlano can come in and fill that role, great. You know, then we have somebody there, but we're starting Champions Cup, you know, next week. You know, we we need Alvaro at least at that point. Um, you know, for that for these early games, really is is my thought. So overall, you know, I'm happy he's staying. Um, there's definitely some other options they're exploring. It sounds like maybe in South America, maybe Brazil, if there is a possibility. But he's in training to me that shows that he's here. You know, at least until the summer. Um, there are some people online that were you know in some ways undervaluing him too. Like we said, uh, you know, a five million dollar, and they're like, oh man, they're asking for that much for him. And it's like, look at his market in Europe. You know, they really were just trying to find something right before, you know, the deadline and they know the player wanted to be moved. So I don't know if they lowballed him like they almost did with Vasquez last year, but you know, I, I think Albright's smarter than that. So yeah. And so I guess moving on from that, you know, we, we talk about Orlando. he was spotted uh, playing some team volleyball on the beach um sam it kind of gave me some top gun vibes i don't know about you yeah i mean guys with their shirts off playing you know beach volleyball it always gives top gun vibes right uh especially just after watching the the newest movie um but yeah i i think that was awesome awesome reporting fans to fans i thought once again give a shout out to that guy shout out sky from Nebraska. Yeah, shout out Sky. He literally was like, "Hey, my company's having, you know, a conference literally right on the beach here, um which just in itself is pretty cool." Um <laughs> but then you get to see FC Cincinnati. I I'd, I'd forget all about the conference to be honest with you. Um just focus on on watching the boys play. Um maybe they were taking bets uh on the side there. Um 
maybe maybe playing around a little bit. But yeah, cool to see. Can, can we just talk about FCC media during that whole like beach vibe thing? Like that's kind of funny. That was pretty awesome. I'm gonna kind of admit. Yeah, I shout out to the uh the FC like media team, you know, for putting that uh, you know, I, I think they had a couple bicycle kicks on the beach there that we saw too. Some of the younger guys were doing that. Um, yeah, it was cool to see and just kind of the chemistry they're building. But yeah, like talk about like most random ways to figure out like if the trialist, you know, Orlando is is with the team, but you see him and Barial, you know, finally back together. I think that's the cool part. Hopefully that builds some cool chemistry maybe he takes him under his wing like i said last episode he's the heir to his throne you know he's gonna slide into that spot so he's gonna nurture him that way um but you know as soon as we say that and then we see today on instagram zach i don't know if you saw this there's a barber down in uh, rio de janeiro in brazil who had posted on his instagram that he was cutting orlando's hair now the question is like was that from before he went down to Florida or is this something that the club said, Hey, yeah, man, go ahead and go back and get that nice fresh haircut at home real quick. Just for a haircut going back to Brazil. I I wonder if it's like a a matter of getting paperwork together or something. I mean, clearly this guy was in camp this past weekend with us. I mean, it was clear as day, you know, again, shout out Sky had even like posted a video and said, hey, man, if this helps, you know, here you go. And you could clearly see it was this guy with tats all over his arm and his neck and he's kicking with his left foot. I mean, who else could it have been? Yeah, I, I think to to your point, it, it also may have been taken, you know, earlier this week or earlier last week, whatever. Um, don't know, but it was posted today. Right. So that's what makes us a little curious on that. Um I did tweet out it's pretty pretty baller move if I'm being completely honest just going regardless if he needs paperwork or not just to be like hey while I'm down here you know to get paperwork I'm just, just going to get a haircut by you know my my guy my barber um who knows maybe we'll see even a fly out maybe the barber comes to FC Cincinnati maybe TQL barber to FCC yeah trialist barber <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, it sounds like all all things uh, pointed to Orlando actually being in uh, the preseason game, guys. So we had this game on Friday against Philly, uh, and what a heated game it was. You know, FC Cincinnati ended up winning 4-3. to three. We did uh, a 90-minute period, so like a real game, and then there was another 45 minutes uh, for some of the younger guys and some subs. Um, I'll kind of shout out, you know, our lineup in that first half was Bupenza, Corey Baird, Acosta, Buka, Obi, I'm going to say trialist here, uh, Murphy, Miazga, Robinson, Kubo, and Celentano. Um, I was following along by like maybe 20 or 30 minutes into this live blog, and we're down 03 like that, like, you know, before nothing happens. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, this defense is in shambles already. Um, Sam, any initial thoughts from that point? Yeah, I mean, from a game, the whole game perspective, um, everybody was kind of saying that it was one of the best preseason games they've ever seen. Um, I'm not going to go like, oh, my gosh, greatest preseason game of all time. But, I mean, from that perspective, 4-3 final, FC comes back from 0-3, like, that's that's pretty solid. Um, And they they were – 
obviously the, the feel was more of a, a real regular season feel than an actual preseason game, which is exactly what you want during these final preseason games. Uh, but yeah, being down 0-3, um, my biggest takeaway seeing that was just resiliency. Um, FC being able to come back and string goals, momentum together is definitely what you want to see during the preseason. I mean, obviously they put themselves in a situation um, where they were down big, but I, I think I'd rather see that in the preseason than in the regular season. Um, and I, I think this builds character, especially as a team together, right? It, it, be, it builds chemistry even in the preseason when just, or even like playing video games, or I'm sure even like beach volleyball, <laughs> the guys were building chemistry. If they were down and came back, it always builds something special. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. Um, the uh, down 03, I think it was like within 15 minutes. Um, and, and you always wonder, like, what what is the, like, strategy in preseason, right? Like, what what is Pat Noonan trying to do? Is he trying to play people in positions that he has – he's just trying out, like, all willy-nilly? Or is he actually trying to play the best – lineup as he possibly can um i mean i guess based off this that we've seen i mean it looks like it's pretty close to one of one of our starting lineups um but really i think a couple call outs i mean <clears throat> the integration of it looks like four new players and then kubo in a new position right like um you got baird you got buka trialist and robinson um and then Kubo, obviously, like I said, I mean, where's Kubo playing? Um, is he playing a wing back or is he playing uh, forward or striker even? Heck. Um, you, and you don't know what the formation is going to be either. So I, I really, I really hope that um, people come out of this. I mean, being able to integrate those players and come out with a 4 3 win after that is insane, I feel like, especially against a Philly team. Um, being able to have that comeback like that with half your squad pretty much new, that's pretty impressive, in my opinion. I mean, how's your team going to respond to having, you know, four starters essentially being thrown to the side and you put these new guys in who've barely played together against a Philly team that's been together for, what, four or five years now? And you go down 0-3, like you guys said, and – they come back like that, you know? I mean, what does this show you? If you look at, if you break down where we were, we were 0-3 down, and I hate to get, like, so nitty-gritty on the preseason games, but I think this is important. Look who starts the charge back. Lucha plays a beautiful ball to Baird, and he just beautifully volleys it, you know, so gets his confidence up, but Acosta. Then you have Bupenza, who's on a tear this preseason. Um, so he, you know, heads the ball past... Um, actually takes, you know, Andre Blake one-on-one -on -one and then just outrageously back heels the ball into the net. If you guys haven't seen this, go watch the video. Just the most outrageous goal I've seen in a preseason game, even like any real soccer game, to be honest. But that leads to, you know, Jose Martinez throwing the ball. So it brings this tension into it. You know, then we get, you know, Acosta scoring. Um, so again, Lucho. And then, you know, Kubo with the cross to Penza to take the lead. So, what I really saw out of this and what really saved us last year is the MVP of the MLS, Lucho Acosta. I think having him in there brings all these guys together and makes us a better team. I mean, we've been down before and we had come back. So 
I, I really like to see, you know, good point, Zach, is like, how are we going to integrate? And again, with new guys, how are we going to respond to adversity? And you don't always get that in preseason. And we were able to see that, which was awesome. Um, second, I guess, period of things. So the second 45 minutes, you know, we see this new lineup and I'm not going to even really kind of shout it out other than um, it, it's a lot of the same guys that we had seen in the last few games of preseason. I, I think we see Sergio Santos goes down with an injury. Shocker, right? You know, so depth at striker, uh, questionable, maybe. Um, but we'll see if that's anything long-term. It didn't look like he was playing beach volleyball the next day is kind of what I took away from that. We'll see what kind of knock he has going into the season. Again, we have so many competitions. We need healthy strikers. But Zach, you're right. Kubo can play striker too if needed, I guess. Um, but yeah, that, that's really what I took away. Um, and you guys made great, great points on that is just resiliency, being able to fight back. Um, and then the cohesion, you know, really finding, I think, you know, you have solid center backs, but the wing back play, you know, early on, if we go down Oh three in every game, because our outside backs aren't consistent, I mean, that's going to change things. Um, so Orlando, if he truly was playing left back, you know, in Barial's position in this game and Kubo's your right back, you really need these guys to build chemistry with your center backs and create a level of trust, especially if you have Buka, who is more attack-minded in midfield. So Obi's got to be a little bit more on the defensive side in the midfield more than he even, you know, has been in prior years. I know last year we even kind of pushed for him to, you know, move forward a little bit more, but... um I think he's got to stay back and pick his spots if he's going to do that this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, once again, to to your point, building that chemistry in the back line, especially going down 03, um, and then being able to shift change, right? So what kind of pressure does that put on the second second shift change, right? Being able to hold up that that lead or or you know, what what kind of takeaways would would you get from that? Um because I think that that stands out as well as Pat Noonan wants to see that second shift change, be able to hold a lead, right? Because the first, first team, first, uh, I guess names on the team sheet, right. They're going to, they're going to lead the comeback to your point. Lucho Acosta MVP. Who, who's going to be the MVP of that, that second shift. Man. I, I mean, yeah, you guys haven't, I couldn't say it any better. I, I, I think we, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm done. I don't have anything else. <laughs> yeah, I I think one last point I'd like to make in you know three games. I think I had put it in our agenda here at at some point, but uh, was just to see you know the tally of goals for Bupenza. You know, in three games he's got five goals, and I think Acosta has now got like six assists or something like that in three games too, uh, and a goal as well. So. You know, just unbelievable production from those guys who, again, were so uncertain last year on how their chemistry would work out carrying over to this year. We mentioned it last podcast, but it's even more shown in this game, um, just that Bupens is on a tear. So, you know, I, I mentioned it last episode and I said, you know, Extra Time Radio did the 12 and a half, you know, over under on the goals for MLS season. I want to take the over after this preseason game. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I mean, seven goals in a preseason match is, I mean, pretty pretty staggering there. So, I mean, let the let the bets fly, right? Yeah, 
going to be a lot. Yeah, I think he's going to score a lot. Um, he's got to stay healthy um, because our our depth is the question mark. So, Sam, why don't you take us into a break here? I know you have a, a good trivia question for us. Yeah, a decent trivia of the week here. Um, boys, I'm going to hit you with a, a, a Buka trivia of the week um, due to his signing. But how many players from the Czech Republic have played in the MLS, not including Buka? Keyword is played. I'm going to go with three Czech uh, Republic players. You're talking about Czech international players, I would imagine. Yes. Uh, Czech, like, nationality, but haven't, you know, they don't have to play for their national team. No, yeah. Okay, just clarifying, but I'm going to go with three. Zach? Um, I'm going to go with five. Five. Okay, we're, we're locking in three and five, and we'll get you back on the uh, end of this break. So Agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools. Uh, working on processing things a little bit faster, hand-eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical coverage skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that, so we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone. We had chatted in this first uh, part of the, the podcast about uh, preseason game against Philly. Um, we talked a little bit about Pavel Buka, Alvaro Bari all being back. Uh, guys, we're going to say goodbye now to uh, Junior Mourinho. He officially departed to go to Al Hazem uh, in Saudi Arabia. Um, 30-year-old guy, you know, with a solid history for us Cincinnati. True professional, represented our club in the right way. Wanted to just say thanks to Junior because, you know, honestly, he was such a great player for us. Um, kind of hit about hit above his belt is, you know, really the best way I would describe um, him. But, you know, for his age and making hopefully some decent money over there, um, hopefully in a good opportunity. His team is at the bottom of the Saudi Arabian League right now. So hopefully he can lead a comeback, you know, against the, the Giants over there. But um any initial thoughts from you guys, Sam, I'll start with you on, on junior uh, Mourinho uh, departing. Yeah, I, I would say one of, if not the most underrated player of FC Cincinnati's starting 11 last year. I mean, the guy was crucial in the midfield. You've got Obi, you've got Acosta, you've got, you know, Kubo, different guys, Angulo that would play in the middle, but Moreno, he brought consistency um, for the most part in the middle of the park there. And, one thing I will always remember him for is he scored the game-winning goal against the Columbus crew at TQL Stadium. Hell is real. That is something that will forever be remembered um, in FC Cincinnati lore. I think, you know, once again, like I said, just a great guy. To Ryan's point, just really going to miss his chemistry, right, with the guys. Just Lucho had great chemistry with him. What a goal he had in Atlanta, right? Um, just flicking the ball up for Lucho to hit it one time. Like that's, that's a great goal as well. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of good fun moments for Moreno, but, um, another big thing for me was 
that stash. That stash. Come on now. <laughs> he did he rock that just at the end of the year? I think it was the playoffs. Oh maybe? yeah. Oh yeah. Bleach blonde hair with the stash. Oh, oh yeah. god, that was hideous. <laughs> Ryan did a whole Ryan did a whole segment on it. I did a whole segment on his on his stash. I did. Dude. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, honestly. Moreno, I mean, yeah, I mean, towards the end there, I think there was a few times where Ryan was like, like you can you don't notice when he's playing, but when he messes up, you really notice because things just fall fall apart, it seems like. So really, I mean, yeah, Sam, he was he was a hidden gem. Um, one of those quiet soldiers just, you know, putting in a hard shift. Um, didn't always seem to play his hardest. I mean, he, he came out um, with an injury, I think, towards the end. And I think when he came back, he kind of fell by the wayside a little, but then he picked it back up in playoffs a bit. Um, but no, yeah, it was it was a great season for with him and um, wish him all the best of luck, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think two solid years from junior. Um, probably he would say, I would imagine his highlight of his career, to be honest with you, and the way that we treated him here, just the chemistry, like we're saying, with the guys as well. Um, but yeah, I, in, in terms of like his loss, I think if you think about a junior Mourinho, even in the position probably that they offered him was, you know, fringe starter, maybe some sub appearances, but um, you're going to miss a lot of, again, the chemistry, his passing, and then some of his defensive prowess as well. Cause in some points, if, you know, you see Obi all over the field, well, Mourinho stays home a little bit more too. So I'm looking at Buka for that, you know, a little bit too, uh, to say, you know, Hey, Obi likes to go out and, you know, do his thing. You, you might need to cover him a little bit in those spots. Um, so something to look forward uh, you know, for the season in that sense, but guys, the tally now, um, you know, from last year's team, I believe is up to six. So we had Vasquez depart, Arias, Mascara, Mourinho, um, possibly Gaddis question mark. I, I think that's like an open invitation. Like he might like show up on the, the sideline as like Pat's assistant or something. That would be dope. I think that would be really cool to see, you know, Gaddis over there just, telling him what to do, but, uh, and Baji. yeah. And then Baji was the last one. So six of them, um, real quickly, like in a breakdown of just those guys, just to kind of update you guys real quick too, is, you know, Vasquez is back in Cincinnati. He's, uh, going to be delivering his baby here in the next like week or two. So he got dismissed from Ron Array. Arias is now finally training, uh, down in Brazil. Mascara shout out Yerson Mascara, Arson, 90 minutes for Villarreal in their last game. He started, played a full game. Sounded like he did really well. They tied one-to-one. Um, so shout-out to him. He had he had a good match. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see, you know, like you said, Mourinho and Saudi Gaddis. You know, I, I think he's he's going to be a, a fringe uh, coach and player, is my opinion on that one. He'll fill in if we need him. Um, and then Baji actually played against Galatasaray uh, last week um, in a cool cup competition. They lost four two, but um, good for him to get some minutes over there too. We're happy for him. But yeah, I mean, six guys that you know really contributed last year for our Shield winning team. We're gonna miss them, but I, I feel like you know we'll go I guess later on into impressions so far in the preseason how we've kind of stopgap these uh, you know I would say holes in some ways in the roster. Um, so stay tuned for that part here in a little bit, but 
the week ahead, guys, um, you know, we have another preseason game against New England. You know, we won 2-0 in the last one. Um, interested to see if there's tensions, you know, built over from playing each other more recently. Is it still tensions brought over from a Philly game? You know, FC was used to that style, you know. How do we go into this game? This is our last test before, you know, Cavalier FC. So um, I think Pat personally rolls out a starting 11. We're going to chat about this in the next one, but I, I think he goes all, um, you know, starting lineup forward in this last preseason game personally. Yeah, I mean, I want to mention too, the, the last time we saw them play the preseason game against New England, that was that was the first time we saw the, the Boop Lucho connection really on the center stage, right? A um, couple of the clips where Lucho was just putting it right on Boopenza's foot. Um, it was also the first time that we saw Miazga, Murphy, and Robinson all play together. So how how have they grown the past you know two games since they you know first played one two games um, to see you know how how much chemistry that they've built in the back there. Um, it'll be interesting, but I, I agree with Ryan. I, I think look for more first teamers to get their fitness right and their play together to really hone in for, for this champions cup run. Um, as we start off, you know, the, the first game. I mean, yeah, the, um, I, I kind of touch on it later, a, bit, a little bit later. Um, just the fact that we have, um, this last preseason match and then we go straight into a champions cup match there's no normal season um matches between now and then so we really got to go with all all out on this um cup match um so i, I think yeah pat noonan's gonna have to put put his top 11 um hopefully for the full 90 um do and do subs like a real match um, that, that's what my hope would be and or um, what I would expect him to do, but yeah, I, I think with, um, and it kind of rubs me a little bit, just the fact that we don't get more variety within the preseason. I wish, I wish they did play a, a more teams than just, you know, the same two or whatever. Um, Zach, obviously can I, all... can I pause you on that thought real quick? Yeah, sure. Does your opinion of like inner Miami going, you know, to Japan and Sergio Busquez getting his ankle destroyed, change your perspective on playing, you know, all these different teams potentially in a preseason? Well, no, I mean, I, I'm saying play them all in the same, like play them all in clear water, but don't, don't travel. Don't play there. the same team well, again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I would, um, I would hope it would be similar to, you know, how major league baseball does spring training, right? There's an Arizona league and then there's a Florida league. And then you just you play who who's ever in that. Obviously, not to the extent of games, but at least you know to get a good variety. Like Zach said, to me personally, once again to to shout out what I said in previous podcasts, I was really really excited to see that we were playing Austin FC. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it that that's a good point because we don't really get to see them. Um, last time we saw them, we got smacked by them, so that was nice that we uh were able to play them again in a different light. But um. I don't know if you guys saw this too. I wanted to just briefly shout it out is like last night during the Super Bowl, you know, there's all this conflict going on about Columbus crew against Toronto, like a preseason game where Toronto did not want to release the score because Columbus beat them four to two. And it's like, really? Like you're not going to report the score at all. I mean, I'm very thankful for 
the fact that we at least have a live blog. At least we get some sort of insight. At least we get goal videos. You know, there's some teams that have been able to watch every single preseason game for their team. You know, imagine being Toronto and it's like you don't even get to find out your score. And then I think Tom Bogert actually, you know, finds it out through his sources and just just goes off against, you know, all these other people that are like, you know, saying this stuff, it's a preseason game. And it's like, just release the scores if it's a preseason game. Like, it doesn't matter. It's literally irrelevant. So it's just fascinating the whole, you know, you have one spectrum of like inner Miami and every single game is on, you know, national broadcast, even a world broadcast. And then you have Toronto is like, we don't even want to report the score at all. So it's just wild, man. MLS will do that to you. It's all over the place. Um, That's what I've really learned, you know. Um, next bit of news we have though, coming up this Friday is the kit reveal. Um, you know, I am pretty pumped just to have that to finally be solidified, hopefully to finally be able to buy this dang kit. Cause I want to wear it for the first game, but, um, we'll get a sense of what's going on. I think they have an art gallery presentation that they're going to do for, I would imagine a private group or something like that. But at least during the day, I'm, I'm hoping to see it. Yeah, I was, I was a little curious to see. You know, you said kind of art gallery type style. Um, do we know if it's going to be in the team store again, or is it just going to be to be style? released that day? You mean, or yeah, because the, the last year they did it in the team store. I believe, uh, in terms of like the unveiling, like they're going to have a private event that night, is what yeah. it sounds like they're going to have. Um, now I don't know if that means they're going to release it early on in the morning and then have this event later on to celebrate it. That's what I'm not sure about. Yeah, I think the the anticipation here is obviously it it's going to be a cream or white kit, but the amount of artistry that's going to be on it because the little paint flare that we've seen in everything that FC has done so far obviously is going to have some type of, you know, importance in that. Now, is it going to be subtle? Is it going to be full of it? Um it's going to be interesting to see, but we did get some pretty cool designs here earlier this week. Um, I, I do want to shout out that that was, that was really cool. Um, had yeah. what 20 plus people reply on our tweet on that. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. The designs, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be too upset if those were the designs. I think you said that and everyone took it to heart and was like, that's not it. That's not it. It's like, yeah, but we, we could dream that they would be, you know, <laughs> So to our resident uh, kit master, you know, on the podcast, uh, Zach, I'm going to term you that because you love all things, you know, uh, kits. What what were your thoughts on some of these leaks? I mean, I'm I'm not against any of the brushstroke ones. I, I think some of those are pretty sweet. Um, I mean, really, anything that Adidas put, anything someone else puts out that Adidas doesn't, it's going to be good, I think. <laughs> I mean... I feel like Adidas, I, I'm going to say it, the last year, I think, is when they started to get better. Um, get better. They're not They're not there yet. But um, over the next, I think over the next couple of years, I think they're going to start doing more unique. I mean, you, you got the, um, uh, what was it? Atlanta's was just pretty wild this last year um like graffiti i think right graffiti one yeah um i think i mean you had i'm seeing them but i can't remember what teams they are um but yeah i mean red bulls red bulls had a pretty graffiti one too Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah i think coming coming into uh 
this new season, I think I'm excited to have a white kit again. I, I'm I'm missing a white kit. I need some a white kit with orange shorts. If I if we get something like that combo, I'll be happy. That would be pretty cool. I I at least from what I'm seeing on the jersey on the side, it looks like a blue and orange stripe down. So do they continue that, you know, on the the side of the the short and then go with an orange pant or some or orange short, I should should say. But it'll be interesting to see. Um I think I don't even know where I was about to say. Actually, Sam, were you gonna say something about it? No, you know, to, to transition into, you know, something else that, that was kind of up on the docket, right? We we saw some news in in the Twitter sphere that we had talked about last week. We finally got an open cup update. Whew. Oh, okay. Like let's take it take a deep breath. They're actually talking about, Ryan. To your point, the MLS, US soccer, they were they weren't on good terms, right? Um, and so the MLS and US soccer were meeting to discuss it. Um, hopefully we'll get a schedule out because Ryan was last week is very adamant. There's no schedule and we, we need to know in order to, to plan for certain things, not only as a team, but you know, even fans as well. Yeah. hundred percent is like the season starts like next week and we still don't know if we're playing this open cup competition. Like, come on guys, get it together. Um, I don't know if the MLS, you know, was dealing with that. And then with the whole referee thing, it sounds like they've reached maybe a temporary agreement with refs. So at least we'll have refs, you know, for the season, temporary refs, nice. Tem- temporary <laughs> refs, right. Potentially. Um, but yeah, the open cup will be interesting. I mean, <laughs> who knows how that's going to go. They didn't have, you know, broadcast until I think the day before the games last year and it ended up being on like YouTube TV or no, it was YouTube itself. I think it was YouTube. Um, so just fascinating to be honest for one of the longest standing, you know, soccer tournaments in obviously the country, but up there in the world too. Um, it's just amazing that they haven't even come to any sort of agreement. They need to figure out that like ASAP. I'm, I'm flabbergasted that they just like, why leave it to MLS to just, and us soccer to just any sort of bargaining agreement or anything like that always is delayed or gets it's past the deadline or whatnot. And let alone, uh, like you said, a hundred year old tournament that is the oldest running tournament, I think probably in all, all U S sports, probably correct me if I'm wrong. I think you might be a, yeah, I I would say that's up there with it. Uh, Just the fact that they, you know, why, why, why are they doing this? And I, I wish uh, U.S. soccer would give some sort of uh, um, response because I, I know the, uh, was it the CEO? I think he mentioned something and I, I it's left my brain, but I think he had a conversation with the, uh, was it the women's um, national team or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, yeah. I, I think he, you're right about that. I think he mentioned a little bit on that as well so stay tuned for that i mean we're all kind of in the in the dark on that part but you know a lot of what's being discussed is you know do we allow mls teams to expand their rosters is it going to only be mls next pro type tournament um and then still call it an mls you know involvement like that's not real you have to have the mls teams in it to call it that 
Um, so stay tuned. You know, we'll, we'll hopefully have some answers maybe even next week. Like I said, we talked about it last week. We got some more answers this week. It's fluid like every single week in the preseason. So um, the next piece of FC Cincinnati news that I want to just briefly touch on, um, there's this rumor, you know, out of Peru that we had some scouts um, at this uh, championship game for Alonzia Lima, I believe. And uh, whether we're looking at this winger, a Franco Zanilato, um, he's a right winger, but plays a little bit of right back as well. Um, there was a report from MLS Multiplex, I believe, that we had some interest along with Inter Miami. I don't know if I want to believe this because this guy doesn't really play too many minutes for them. Um, you know, maybe it's just, again, an agent thing because his contract's up at the end of 2024. He seems to kind of be slipping on, on their rosters. He does have the same agent as Sergio Santos, though, so there might be at least some potential interest on that. But, um, Sam, I, I don't know if I believe this one. Yeah, I think, I mean, there, there could always be some validity to it. Maybe people saw, you know, FC Cincinnati and Inter-Miami there. Now, do they know specifically who they were there to scout? I mean, that's that's in question, right? Obviously, we had talked about previously in the podcast, we need – a backup striker because now Santos is out, right? So we're down to what three options, two options at the striker position with Santos out. Um, I'd like to have a little bit more depth than that, um, especially at a position to where if Bupens is going to be carrying us up top, what where's the drop off? Similar to like I had said last podcast with Lucho in previous years, we don't want a huge drop off from you know Boop to that second guy. So I mean, hopefully. We're looking at a striker down there. Um, it was a, kind of a, a classical of sorts down there. I think it was two two of the rival mm-hmm. teams, right in Peru. So, I mean, high stakes game as well. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how much validity there is to it. But I, I'm interested to see if there is any. Rumors are fun in the preseason until, again, you just get into this wild world of is it real? Is it not? There might be some interest. You know, we were there, we were scouting people, um, but like who, like Sam said, is like the big question. And I think for a big money move, you know, to the U.S. for a striker, it didn't seem like either team really provided any of that. Um, For Inter-Miami to be looking at a right back too, like, or a right winger, you know, if you want to call him that, they have Lionel Messi. I don't think they need this guy from Peru. Um, So who knows where this is all coming from. It's just fascinating, again, is just where these rumors extend from. But, guys, I want I want to ask your preseason impressions so far. Like I said, you know, we've had three games. Um, from my tally, we've had two wins and a draw. Um, I think pretty solid overall from, from what we've seen of the team in the limited time that we've been able to see clips of them. I've been very impressed by our offense this year so far. Um, Sam, I'll let you kind of run through your thoughts there first. Yeah, I mean, thoughts throughout the preseason so far is I, I think it's glaring. It's Bupenza and Acosta are are looking to be the source of our play, right? Our goals, our creative chances, et cetera. Um, does that concern me a little bit? Obviously. Um, but last year we were Supporter Shield champs and Lucho carried us to that. Um, is he able to do it two seasons in a row? It, it seems like he's he's got a little bit more help now with Bupenza, um, to be honest, it, it seems like he's got more chemistry now with Bupenza with almost, you know, 
they're going to get a full season under their belt, maybe more chemistry than him and Brandon Vasquez ever had. Right. So I'm interested to see how they take this into the champions cup and the rest of the regular season um, and into cold weather actually. Um, But yeah, I, I think as far as the defense goes, I know this past game was a little alarming, but I'm not, I'm not too concerned with that as it is, like I said earlier preseason, but as we get closer to champions cup, obviously us as fans would be more comfortable seeing less goals um, conceded, but I think it takes time. I think guys like Miles Murphy, Miazga, I think you got to figure out who's the dog in the back. Is it Miazga or is it Miles, Miles Robinson? That's a fun one to uh, (laughs) see play out in the locker room. Honestly, um, really, I, I, I've been very, fairly impressed with um, how this preseason's gone um, compared to previous ones. Um, seems like, I mean, two wins and a draw, usually it's the other way. It's two losses and a draw. Um, I feel like Pat usually uh, does a lot of experimentation um, within preseason, but I think this one, um, he's he's been on the, at the helm, is it two, season, two seasons now? Um, I think he's gaining confidence in, in his starters. So he, he knows who he can play and when, and really the, the main concern that I have is just the first match being our tournament match, um, uh, with champions cup. Um, and, and we'll obviously do a, um, uh, a match preview, um, as the time comes, but really I, I wish MLS didn't hinder themselves, um, the way they do, um, having, having MLS start their season with, with like a tournament like this. Um, whereas other, all these other clubs and, and teams are starting or are having this tournament mid season um, or, or at the tail end of their season. So it, it really, I wish um, MLS would allow, I guess some, some of these, obviously that would, that would cause the off season to be even shorter, but you know, it, it doesn't help us. Yeah, I, I think in a shortened preseason too, you know, coming off of like how far we went, you have to turn it around like this quickly and, you know, put all these new pieces together, you know, and that's the biggest thing is the unknowns of how are we going to gel like we've talked about and who's going to play what positions, who's going to fill in those spots. But to integrate them, like you said, it helps you have a coaching staff that all stayed together. You know, you look at how I thought Kenny Arena would have been taken by another team. You know, I thought Dom Kinnear would have been taken by another team. Pat Noonan signed on, you know, so he is here. But continuity in your staff, they know who they're working with and the returning people. How can we now, you know, better implement all these new pieces to fit that kind of mold that they had been building in past seasons? That's what we missed early on in FC Cincinnati history. You know, we had coaches that would come and go so frequently. The continuity is huge, the understanding. And I I think, Sam, you made a good point is even with loan pieces, you know, where are they going to fit? Where is Orlano going to play? You know, hey, you know, we're going to bring you in, you know, as a winger, but maybe you play a little striker too. Maybe you fill in for Barrial. Like, they have a good understanding with the players. And I think that's the difference from years in, in the past. Um, one point I wanted to re- to really put on is, is Bupenza, I think has probably had the best MLS preseason of anyone um, across the board. Like, I mean, he scored so many goals, so that's promising. He's just got to keep it that way. Now he's got to show up on time. 
he's got to uh, hopefully he can travel to Jamaica. That's, I think, the big question right now is, you know, is he going to be allowed? Um, guys, one thing that I forgot to mention in, you know, this last preseason game is if you look at the lineup and you look how we start this game, I think that's really what you're going to start to see for Cavalier FC is who we play in this game. Um, you know, obviously this last game, Barrial wasn't available, but does he put Barrial in right away at left wing back for this one and say, hey, you know, you earned this spot from the last couple of seasons. You're the best, you know, left wing back in the league. I know you've been gone, but I trust you. And I think, you know, even though you've been in preseason for, you know, maybe two weeks by the time we play our first game, I have that confidence in you. I really want to see if he plays Barrial in this game. That's what I am most, you know, curious by. And then on the flip side, you know, right wing back, you know, do we now put Kubo in that spot? I, I'm really intrigued by that because honestly, no one else has really stepped up and grabbed that. You know, Powell hasn't been, at least from what we've seen, been the starting right wing back. Um, we had, I think, Foster at left wing, Halsey a little bit at right, but it seems like Kubo is their their stopgap right now. Um, and it seems like that's the way they're going at this moment. Yeah, I think we're looking just for consistency across the board, just coaching staff consistent players consistent like let's just let's get it in line well you know how uh you know how pat does man i mean he's gonna figure it out but now's the time that you try those things though i mean you figure out what's gonna work best so you can be consistent throughout the year true facts <laughs> we uh we'll we'll close it out here um with the answers for our, our trivia of the week just to reiterate it was how many players from the Czech Republic have played in the MLS, not including our new signing, Pavel Buka. Ryan went with three. Zach went with five. The answer was five. Whoa. We had, uh, and if I botched the names, I, I botched the names. Um, first one off the board was Barak Dockel. He played for Philadelphia Union. Um, next, you had Yanni or Johnny uh, Gallic, who played for New England Revolution in the early 2000s, 1990s, which was really cool. Um, he actually had like the most pedigree out of all of these guys, which was cool to see. Um, Lubos Kubik, who played for the Chicago Fire and then FC Dallas. That's a sweet And then name. you had Zdenek uh, Andrasek, who played for FC Dallas as well. And then a guy who's currently with St. Louis City SC, Thomas Ostrock. That's fascinating. I mean, what's the most recent player were you able to see like um in the MLS? T T Thomas Ostrock, who I who I just said was part of St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, even, didn't even register. <laughs> <brain>. <laughs> so yeah, he would be the most recent. Yeah, one. He, would, yeah he, would, he would be cool. the most recent. Yeah. <laughs> I think do you do you guys see Buka uh you know making it to the the Czech national team? I think he deserves it. Um I also did want to point out there was there were people that were signed, right? But like I said, keyword is played. So there okay. was I think earlier this past season there was a goalkeeper who got signed for the New England Revolution. He just never played in a game. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, stay tuned to see what uh this young Czech guy's got. I think 25 is a prime age like he's just hitting like his peak and the question like we're saying is like 
is he going to stay? You know, if, if he really builds up his pedigree, does he sign on with someone bigger? Uh, you know, he's at least here for what, two years, possibly three. So by then he's 28, he's kind of peaking at around that time. Um, it'll be fascinating to see and how that kind of times out with, you know, his trajectory and their national team too. So stay tuned for that. But we're, we're pumped uh, about the season to come. I think, guys, we got, what, a little over a week until our first game. Um, we'll do a deep dive, you know, next week on Cavalier FC. We're going to do a big kind of overview of Champions Cup and what to expect for that. So stay tuned for that next week. Um, Sam, Zach, any final thoughts here? No, I'm I'm just I'm itching. I'm itching. Let's let's get this new kit actually, which will be very soon. Um and then yeah, on to Champions Cup. New kit. Gonna buy it this time. And then <laughs> uh not not at the end of the season when it's 30 bucks, like the orange one. That's on sale, by the way. I don't know if it still is, but most likely. <laughs> I'm excited for the uh Cavalier SC match though. Soccer to start. Zach, are you going to travel down to the Jamaica for that game? <sighs> no, not after being this sick. <laughs> I can't imagine getting sick again. That's a good call, man. Well, rest up. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening. Thanks.